0: Hello, thank you for joining us once again. My name is Matt Phillips, and you're listening to Run Chat Live, episode 10. So, in today's episode, um, it's all about strength and conditioning. And um, we've had a couple of episodes previously where I've been criticizing uh, stretching according to the evidence, um, and suggesting that if all runners get into strength training as much as they spend time on stretching, and um, then there'd be a whole lot less injury out there. So, to represent strength and conditioning, um i speak to mr alex backhouse of alex backhouse strength and conditioning um who's from my neck of the woods Brighton and hove um and alex talks to us about his growth as a personal trainer which is a great opportunity to hear how in strength and conditioning things have changed a lot from the old days just standing and counting reps and trying to tell somebody to lift more 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 and there's a lot more science that goes into it now as alex is very well equipped to tell us having done his masters recently um so i hope you enjoy the episode i hope it gives you some pointers as to how to tailor your own strength and conditioning programs um we've got about five more speakers before we get to current january the 6th episode which will be episode 15 with elizabeth barnes so stick with us enjoy the episode and um i hope we join each other again soon right we are live it's 9 30 and it's sunday morning and everything seems to be working on the computer um, right welcome for joining us or if you're watching the recording um then you should have joined us live so you can comment but i hope you enjoy it just as much so uh, i've been looking forward to this morning um for a long time now actually um obviously everyone knows i'm very much into my strength and conditioning that's where my background is and if you come and see me at studio 57 clinic where we are here in hove um, chances are I'm going to have a go at you because you're not doing your strength and conditioning, okay, especially if you're as a runner, which as we'll probably talk about later on, the research is pretty clear, strength conditioning can reduce overuse injuries by 50%, um, running injuries are typically overused, so the guest I've got on today, uh, Mr Alex Backhouse, is a personal trainer from my neck of the woods in Brighton, um, and it's I've followed Alex for a while because he's a classic case of what I'm always preaching about where it's not just having someone to baste you to pieces and shout you. That can be an important part if you if, if you're the right person, but it's having an educator, a trainer, someone who understands the business, someone who's gonna know when to shout, when to give you a cuddle, um, and when to just kind of like yeah. be appropriate to, to the person in front of you. And apparently he gives great cuddles. So um without further ado then, I am going to introduce you to Mr Alex Backhouse and ask him to take it away.
1: Cool. Good morning, Matt. Thanks for having me. Um I'll send you a cover in the post. So, um yeah, I'm a personal trainer, I guess, even though we're trying to move away from that. Now I'm a, a gym, a facility owner, a strength and conditioning coach. All these grown-up terms rather than a personal trainer, which is what you call yourself when you just finished your first Level 3 course, which is maybe six weeks of quite low-level education, but you come out and they've got so much confidence that, yeah, you're going to train Usain Bolt and the England rugby team and you're amazing and stuff like that. So kind of moved away from that um, or just learned and grown that that isn't the case. Uh, mainly, I mean, we were chatting the other day, it's being around, when you're around great people, it's like, whoa, like if you're the smartest person in the room you're in the wrong room, and when you're not the smartest person in the room, you realise that there's a whole lot more that you don't know. So...
0: That's That's what i mean straight away you've come out with a with just a gem of a saying um yeah if you think you're the smartest person in the room then you're in the wrong room amazing um so i'm looking forward to more clinical pearls like that um the great thing i like about you um and i don't i think you're the first strength and conditioning coach or personal trainer that i've had on so far and the reason i i like you in particular is because you have got a bit of a history I think you referred to once as the Ken Shamrock of PT, i.e. The, worst, the world's most dangerous personal trainer, which at the time, and I've been there, was like, that was your medal. It was like, come to me and I'll make you cry. You think you're a man? Come see me. That sounds a little bit like a chat line. No, but yeah, but people come to you because they wanted a, a, a back house blasting. So what I'm interested in, because there's still a lot of personal trainers and runners and other people who... Think that the best way a personal trainer is going to help them is just by beating the shit out of them, um, yeah. and we know yeah. that sometimes there might be a place for that, but it's not necessarily the case. And they may well end up coming to see me because they've just been overdoing or doing the wrong exercise at the wrong time. So tell yeah. me a little yeah. bit about the backhouse blasting history. I know you're involved with UFC and Invicta fighters, and it was kind of that mentality at the time. But tell me how you developed and what courses you did, which kind of changed that. So. so uh, Oh, got an
1: echo. Um, you got that? Yeah. Oh, that's a bit weird. Is that good to me? Yeah. Don't worry. Um, wow. okay, so as I was doing my little you know, I started working at the Bad Post First Facility. So, ZT Fight School, that was like 2006 or something, working with Soul, and it was just like the thing is, with MMA, when you're just coming into it and you come from nowhere, you need to be boosted You need to know when that feeling of Wanted to die and wanting to vomit is and stuff like that because that's how you're going to feel in a fight. But that isn't what the gym pop needs and that isn't the deal end all. And it is, I think it is a quite an important component of low level mixed martial arts. Um, but once you're past that, thing, you don't need it anymore. Uh, without going off topic, like if you started amateur boxing from the age of 10, by the time you're 20, once you mixed martial arts, you're not going to get those that adrenaline, dump and those pre-fight nerves, and so therefore you don't need to be boosted to your You just need to be really good at your job. But anyway, so uh, training at fight school, started training the, the fighters. But hey, on this guy fights, but he also knows loads of stuff about training. So let's listen to what he says. That kind of works, and then started following some of the top strength and conditioning coaches for fighters. So JC Santana, stuff who's training American top team a lot on youtube sounds important so i would go out there and study with him uh, but yeah chatting to jc you know, he's a smart dude uh John, he was doing his i think he was doing his phd when i was out there with him um, and he gives they give all the bravado but he also probably very clever at the same time so he's referencing that isn't doing this and say well obviously you've got these core principles but when you try and deliver a course like a two-day course you don't go into all that stuff you have to have it anyway so and I think that the biggest one for me is when I started doing my master's at St. Mary's, I had to do a couple of uh, non-degree entrance courses a just to see if I was okay and got through those. And it's just like, whoa, just talking to like legitimate geniuses, almost like, yeah, borderline, uh, idiots of once, is that that's the word? It's like, just like, oh my God, dude, I'm scared talking to you. They know so much about research methods um, finishing sprinters just just everything they know the lot and they're just yeah dangerous amounts of knowledge i'm like wow i'm no longer (laughs) the smartest guy for a 20 mile radius So that was good that really opened my eyes and the way they taught the course was that you just need to go away and learn and uh, current best practice like are you a best practice practitioner so and i guess as long as you are best practice at least you're ethically mean, doing the right thing so at the time when I was beating people, I thought that was the best thing. And I've done my research and i learned I'll still be beating them and i push pull legs, whole body variations, you know I mean? Like uh, interval training, everything will be structured and planned and periodised. However, it might not have been what they needed. Um, so, yeah, just uh, it's a marriage way just to be best practice, evidence-based, um, intelligent and yeah, really critically thinking about what you're actually doing.
0: I was really, we had a chat the other day when you were kind enough to invite me on your um, whiskey and barbells um, web chat about the master's degree you did. And I was just blown away because I'm always harping on about how so much of the um, CPD for therapists, um, people involved in health and industry, just doesn't encourage any form of critical thinking at all. And there's a reason for that. It's because most of these CPD packages are proposing my way or the highway kind of mentality. It's the way they sell themselves is I'm a guru. I know everything. This is how it is. And the people who go along just lap it up and they're willing to pay so much money. But I was, I've said before in these web chats that if, if your course is good, your guy is good, then he needs or she needs to turn around and go, right, challenge me. What do you think? Is what I'm telling you makes sense or is there anything you don't get? Maybe I'm wrong, you know. And from the sounds of it, your master's, what you just said, it was encouraging critical thinking and looking at the evidence and best practice. That just encouraged that from day one, did it?
1: Yeah. 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 Idea that's very Model is it's kind of deep into the actual research, uh, research method study, even if you come up with your own training. So it's like, what do what, I it full body weight? Is it lit? like just thinking about what you mean, what you think you know, and how to to your clients. So, um, one of the examples John gave to them was like, extremely smart dude It's like okay so if you really need to do the research and that changes everything for you then your training philosophy is going to be built on weak foundations like i read one thing on one guru says one thing i'm like yeah that's the way and therefore i'm going to follow that forever like, whoa okay and it, but like you're saying that's how it is it's like my way on the highway people it's like someone says one thing about keto or carbs or something it's like Oversimplified nonsense. If your philosophy is that week that you can crumble when you hear that, without just thinking about it or maybe analysing it or checking out the research behind it, then yeah, maybe you weren't in a good place to start with. Or if you do have a strong training philosophy, it's like okay, that does sound interesting. That brings into question what I can't think. Let's kind of look a bit deeper. Like like okay, that sounds like the be all end all. Let's have a better look. Like, oh yeah, actually. No. So you've got to be. I have a solid philosophy, but also have the skills to question and stuff that challenges
0: it. So you did, yeah, you did a thesis or, on pose running in particular, didn't you? So what was it you, you, without slugging it off too much, because those will be shut down, obviously, because it's the powers to be, but, and there's good in it, I, I hasten to add, there is a lot of good in all of these running um, forms and DVDs, but like, like I say, once they say this is the best thing for you and they haven't even met you, they don't know your history, your medical history, the way you move, they expect you to run a certain way. What was it about pose that kind of highlighted these things about you have to critically think any form of any school of thought?
1: Yeah, it was
0: um, um, ripping that on the park.
1: not ripping it apart. Maybe it isn't as nice as it, is. uh, it was just there's just a lot of it, and like you say, the main things that those broad um, statements that is suitable for everything so tempo, forward lean. And it's the fact that, yeah, gravity, yeah, well, like we discussed the gravity can't make you run faster. And, and the arms thing, like you were chatting about that, how the arms aren't used in propulsion. I tell you what, when I was running up Box Hill yesterday, I used my arms a lot for propulsion. And so anyone who says that arms aren't used in propulsion doesn't actually understand how the body works at all. So, yeah. yeah this, um, is
0: the thing, this, is where, this is where, as a classic example, some people who have done a course imagine they're kind of talking to you and you go, look, I was doing Box Hill yesterday, I was running up the hill, and I pumped those arms, and it helped me. They'll still stand there yeah. and go, no, 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 they didn't. And you go, no, mate, listen, I was there, they helped me. No, 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 they didn't. And that's just a <laughs> blinkered thing, isn't it? In The same way that like, um, that a leg extension
1: is good for, for quads or for, for squatting. It's like, no, it isolates the quad by itself. So if you think the arms don't help you run, then you think leg extensions are great for legs because they're not connected to the rest of your body, so it's like that. It's like squats, you know I mean? the load is here, and everything's traveling through that down to my legs. Yeah, it's 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 so blinkered and so, I and mean, it's just old school, and yeah, yeah, it's just wrong, isn't it? Like, everything's connected.
0: Everything, if you, like, if you if you were in front of a room of newly qualified personal trainers, bearing in mind that. Like I tried remembering that quote the other day, you know, the truth will set you free, but first you'll be pissed off. So you can't just tell everyone it's nonsense what you learned or 50 percent of what you learned. How would you how would you kind of introduce to a newly qualified group of PT students that they need to kind of challenge a little bit while they will be taught? What would you kind of say? Yeah. yeah. So
1: there is no one on doors with this thing. Not the cheesy, quoting Bruce Lee. So I mean, treat everything as useful and take take what is useful, disregard what is useless. And remember, that 90%, everything is going to be fluff. And that's, that sounds disrespectful, but yeah, I mean, an exaggeration. But there's one good thing. I used to do it you go on martial arts seminars, and the the top sensei was say, if you take away one thing today, that it's been worth it. And it's true. It's like, okay, so from that two-day course and that 300 pounds and those 16 CPD points, Just take one thing, and it probably something that the instructor said that's nothing to do with the subject. But there are lots of good things, everyone's a little bit right, but no one is 100% right, and there is no one way. Again, another Bruce Lee quote there is no one way. Yeah, it's what works for you, what works for your client because your clients are different to my clients. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah,
0: that's brilliant. Yeah, if all else fails, quote Bruce Lee because you can't go wrong with what he said. But that was the whole philosophy, wasn't it? His old Duke and that was like, don't be fixed to a one style his style was the form which did have no style you adapt your opponent to that sort of thing and yeah you're perfectly right that's the way we need to to treat when any person comes to us and we need to start working with a person instead of of, of of working from a book and just giving it to the person in front of us i'm sure that applies to clients who come and see you with certain goals um and definitely people who come in who are injured so, talking of goals, I mean, you've got a really great presence on social media, which is great because I see social media abuse so much with these kind of most important muscle that needs to be stretched in your body and all this crap. But I love your social media presence because you do drop little gems of, like you just said, across the boards You've got some great videos, um, not just on exercises, but on nutrition as well, um, and just kind of life coaching stuff. Um, one thing I particularly liked um, was your Beat the Dad bod, and that seems to be. The kind of market which you uh, work with now it's a lot of guys well my age really i've got to say now with kids who need to realize that you know when you get older you need more recovery time you can't treat your body like a 20 year old or, or you are just going to end up seeing people like myself down the road so what got you into that market um, and what do you see some of the challenges of working with with dads who need to beat their body
1: um i, beat uh, I think started off I sort of stops and reflects on who I was working with and who I got the best results with or who I enjoy working with the most. And just like, yeah, guys my age that have kind of let themselves go or concentrated on career too much and haven't been lucky. I work in the gym, there's no excuse for me not to train and I'm just surrounded by a nutritionist, so generally it would be lazy for me not to do not to keep us off my game, plus it is my job. And they listened to me and it's like it was like chatting to a mate, but a mate who'd been at university for four years about stuff, and I was like, okay. Um, and maybe because i have trained a few UFC fighters, they're like, oh, maybe he really does know what he's talking about. So it's having that credibility that they'll listen to me and without sounding too controversial, listening to pre menopausal women talking about how they haven't lost any weight this week. Um, and just like, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry, or, look, you haven't stuck to the diet, or maybe actually menopause really is a thing and like you process your calories differently. Or you're just forgetting to tell me about the red wine you've had. it's not where we're going, right? But if we can have a sort of a man to man chat, which I have with my clients, and just say, right, this is it, we're gonna lift weights, and I'm like, okay. And like you know, five minutes of hardcore we for training at the end, it's like, okay, cool. And this is how you're gonna eat, and it's probably gonna work, and if we need to tweak it, it's fine. Um, yeah, it's just it works a lot better. So you able to sort of concentrate, like you niching down. So I'm a specific money in running injury specialist rather than I'm a sports massage guy, this is what the hell's that? I mean, if you've got, someone's got a hip replacement or shoulder thing, two nice complicated things you can have, like arm neck, but a bunch of those. Like, not. So, um, and yeah, as you know, there's so much research out there, so we can focus on a specific population of the results. So... <coughs> Excuse me.
0: Chuck it up. That's how they roll it uh, uh, back house conditioning.
1: Instead a glass, I've got the bus bed in the back I just
0: need to acknowledge that, that isn't my um, thing. <coughs> yeah. Um, you just me Oh yeah, so you you got um two children. Two, yeah, two boys. Yeah, and their ages are five and two. So what about because I'm similar boat. I'm mine's a three and a half, one and a half, But like you, obviously a very active person. You try and take and you try and uh, stay in shape. What challenges have, do you know personally when you've reached well with Dadhood, for example, what do you recognise as some things you can no longer do or things you've had to change?
1: Um, um, classic choosing. But yeah. the, 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 the exercise. It's a weird thing. It's like this crazy concept. Uh, I mean, the challenges are bigger. Like, well, of course, there's, there's no calories in kids' leftovers, are there? I um, don't know. That's just like, I oh, just love this or this or that, or there's just food in the house so I don't need to eat. It's um, just being knackered and they're exhausted, man. And it's just you out. And you love them, but oh, they push my buttons. <laughs> but that. It's like, ah, I'm fitting it all in. So I get it. Maybe that's the only reason. I, I get it when you know I mean? a 40 year old guy comes in and it's like, right, I've got three kids, I'm knackered, I do this. Like, that's cool because we've got sessions before work, after work, and we can fit them in. And they're all structured in a way that you can train two, three times a week and get the best things
0: that you can do. That's brilliant. I get it. Those three <laughs> words like are just not used enough or they can't be used enough because the person you're seeing for whatever service doesn't get it. You're yep. seeing someone um, who's clicking the hell out of your spine or twisting your neck or holding your baby upside down. Have you seen that thing on YouTube? I watched it again this morning. It was just an example of someone who just doesn't get it. Because we both got kids, and I remember my as a baby, you, especially your first kid, you don't know anything about it, and they're screaming and screaming. And um, I came into clinic one day, and I'm like, "Oh, my eyes are down like this," and like, our oh, kid won't stop screaming. And there happened to be what must have been a very old school chiropractor. I'm not slagging off all chiropractors, but this particular chiropractor sat down and, and, and asked me, "Oh, have you tried the inversion technique?" I was like, "It sounded to me like I was supposed to hold them under water or something," but I said, what do you mean the inversion technique and she goes well look it up on youtube it's so good i use it all the time so you hang the baby upside down by its ankles and yeah. and you see if its head turns to the left or the right because if the head turns it means that their cervical vertebrae are misaligned and they need some kind of uh, manipulation and i thought okay i'm not going to judge you now i'm going to look this up on youtube and just see what you're all about and that and true enough you look on youtube at the inversion technique and there's a lady there who's going." Okay, let me have a look at your baby. It's crying. She holds it upside down by the ankles, which to start off, I was like, really? And then and the baby hangs there for ages, she's going, hmm, okay, seems, she seems okay. And then suddenly the baby kind of just looks to the left. She goes, I knew it. See, Cervicals, cervical vertebrae are out of alignment. line. We're going to need some work here. And then the baby just kind of looks back again and forwards. And she goes, oh, how clever. Look, she corrected herself. That's really good. I'm thinking, no, you're not. The baby just turned its head. It's wondering why the hell she's being pulled upside down. But that one thing, the mother was just sitting there thinking, oh, wow, you really understand my baby and you understand it. And she would have probably paid a, a session a week to have this baby's neck clicked. And just because it hung upside down, it decided to turn its head to the left, you know. Uh, and Unfortunately, cool. I'm sure there's other chiropractors who go along to courses this lady puts on and they go, oh, yeah, brilliant. Oh, yeah. Check if it's neck. I'm sorry, but there can't be any evidence based Research papers that show you hang a baby upside down, it decides to turn its neck, and that shows that it's misaligned and stuff. It's just, and you can see from now it wound me up. So, evidence based yeah. research, critical thinking—you know—so many times we, our clients come to us and tell us things which are obviously with a, with a clear head and the blinkers off, they're just rubbish. Yeah. But you just yeah. got to step back and go, hold on, let's just think about it myself. Anyway, I'm getting wound up. It's why it's a pleasure to speak to you because when you say things like "I get it," you look at the important things. Okay, you want to reach this state, but you've got two kids. You're not sleeping well. You're probably not eating well. You're probably having your kids leftovers, but that's more important than just saying, "Oh, I've got a great list of exercises here for you." Oh, I'm going to beat the yeah. hell out of you. You know, it's, it's brilliant. I I i bow down to you because I love hearing it from personal trainers who actually you, instead of just giving crap out. Anyway, end of the end of the rant. Um, yeah. Next question I've got for you, mate. Um, well, it kind of leads on nicely. Recovery. Um, people do. People still come to you because of your reputation. Not they don't realise now that you're less Ken Shamrock and more kind of Rory mcdonald I. You can still beat the hell out of people, but you kind of think about it in a more calculated way. Um, do are they surprised when you kind of sit them down and start looking at other things apart from just kind of getting them in the weight room and, and beating the hell out of them? I don't know if they are. Uh,
1: maybe they are. Yeah, yeah, membership. Yeah. I'm a member, I've yeah. a couple of people yeah. just so I was starting my life they said their cholesterol. So I mean, said so their fasting. Wow, <laughs> um, yeah. we get used to it quite quickly. Big approach and, and not about oh, yeah. in the first couple of weeks. I'm like, okay, that's it. If you go again, you're quiet and you fall over. And there's no point it.
0: so like. Okay. Nice. I can do more. Can do more. Um, Your voice is breaking up a little bit. You're in. I have a feedback loop. Yeah. All right. Fair uh, enough. Okay, okay cool. Uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, uh, yeah. it
1: comes and goes. Okay, cool. Um, recovery. Well, we're going to talk about recovery. Here um, it recovery. Basically, deloads. Uh, and we were chatting with Mona the other day and I think she knows what deload means. So look it up. It's important. Uh, basically in the gym we do three weeks escalating and then one week deload and then ramp up a little bit and then three weeks escalating one week deload we, we repeat that pattern so <clears throat> i mean and it's an industry standard and if in a in a strength conditioning environment that's just how you do it maybe four weeks up one week down or whatever's necessary the same with fighters the same with any athlete if you're going to peak it's it's i think once you know that it's like why wouldn't we do that and like, no, just get better and better and better each time. Marshall, his friend, my friend Marshall, talks about the stimulus response adaptation curve. Um, so it's train, get sore, get stronger, or that kind of thing. And then actually it takes, what, 11 days to actually get stronger from a workout and then there's stuff like that in place. And you kind of think that everyone knows that. You've got one guy that likes to train twice a day and come in and like, oh, yeah, right, I hit 130 on deadlift this morning. I think I, I think I can get better tonight. What are you talking about? That's great, and What are you talking about, man? Just, just go and stretch for an hour. That's fine. <clears throat> um, so yeah, the whole recovery, you've got to understand. It's like it's basic anatomy in physiology, isn't it? Really, like you not when you get stronger in bed when you're eating. Yeah, you'll be fitter ten days after the workout you just did. So, sorry, I'm drying up here. That's okay. No, you keep going for it. <laughs> <laughs> you factor it in. We also got sections within our strength workouts. Um, for so personalised prehab and rehab and mobility. So if your score on the FMS was like shopping for shoulders, then we are going to throw that in. So we squats, chins, rehab slash prehab. Um, we also have a stretch of the week. So it's a bit, so got active recovery, but we're also addressing postural mobility issues just because, we do it a lot, we'll probably talk about the flow loop stuff later on. The better you move, the more you'll lift, the better results you'll get. It's movement is so important. The amount of guys that come in Never done a walking lunge, I like, know. So, they've been to the gym for five years with a trainer. They do cross trainer, leg extensions, press, press and that pull down. Like, well, okay, let's do a lateral walking lunge, but backwards walking lunge. And well. Like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, obviously, your guys' finals tend to move a bit more, but very, very long, I guess.
0: No, brilliant, yeah, yeah, movement. I mean, that's what I'm kind of always harping on about. And yeah, you're right, people still kind of go to gyms, and the gyms are still partially to blame. The people, it's the old classic of of you know you sit down have your breakfast you get in the car you sit down you go to work you sit down and then you go to the gym in the evening and guess what you sit down at the machine do some lap pull downs or you sit down or you lie down on a bench to do some chest press or and again if you just stop and think okay why am I at the gym what am I trying to achieve here am I just trying to get better at doing chest press no I'm trying to get better at being able to get out of a chair to move around to pick up my kids to move you know so exactly yeah you teach people to move and they'll get strong in the in the process um yeah and recovery like you say it's a huge thing not enough people stop and think that the whole exercise running lifting weights that's all catabolic it's all destructive in the good sense of the word that you need to break stuff down um, um, in order to like you said the adaption curve to stimulate adaption and strength increases or but it's not unless you go through a sufficient anabolic stage where you're sleeping and you're eating and you're de-stressing and just having a clear head because that's all catabolic as well if you're stressing out yeah, um, yeah. so it's great that you keep your clients aware that recovery is so important and you don't let the guy who wants to come in twice a week just keep doing it because you're not going to get gains mate and you explain it you know, and that's part of the challenge as well so that's yeah. great to hear some stuff, I'm hoping that some young personal trainers will listen to this and, and pick up some of these gems from me that's good um let me see what else have i got on my little list oh yeah you mentioned already the flow of the week i like that it's uh as someone who looks predominantly after runners i don't know whether you hear it as much your end especially with your market but there's still quite a big belief in the idea of this strict classical core training thing where people need to kind of overdo the pilates approach a little bit where before they even lift something or move or lunge they need to brace these internal specific muscles its multifidus and transverse abdominis and because people still believe that that core is different than everything else we now know that you stimulate your core just as much doing a squat or a deadlift as you do lying down and doing some classic core exercise it's just knowing what stage in your life or rehab you need to do the exercise so your flow of the week um, looks great and I will enjoy when they come out. How did that come about and what's your main goal of showing them? <coughs> um,
1: right, two things so the flow and core training. We'll talk about flow for a minute as well. Um, flow is basically where's the industry going inside like people aren't moving in on. one? <coughs> Someone predicts to me that in 10 years there'll be teams for people that are 50 that just do flow. It's like, right? We're going to do flow. So, Ashley, a sports therapist, he's a qualified yoga instructor. Um, it's a, a beast in the weight room and a big coach so like, like Ash just do some flow like, cool. and so usually like movement prep like or just mobility like, like hip flexor stretch plastic like, opening and then we started to evolve better. and each one gets better so actually running through like a squat pattern of the flow so like we're going like, to open the hips and we're going to stretch hip flexors and glutes and get stretched in the right way but rather than in the same way the ecological beginning like like we're going to talk about with the core stability training. so like, well, lying down and plank for five minutes—that's not related to anything, really, is it? So, just doing the static stretch Whereas if I can get past to the grass and then do some chest here, that's going to be a lot more specific to what we want to do. And it's the exact opposite of what you do at a desk all day. So, just hitting so many, so many birds with one stone—that's got to be done It's like the movement, and it, you see people progress. You've got fifty-year-old guys that. Can't touch their toes, but you know, I mean, four weeks of doing flow, they're doing like amazing things. And there is again an adaptation curve with stretching mobility. I checked like this week <coughs> the guys in the gym as well. It's quite interesting. Um So yeah, just like you've got to bear that in mind. You need to keep doing the movements, and the movements probably are a more tangible measure of progress than the stretch. Like in the sit and reach test, for example, it's so, like okay, can reach boring, but can you get your arms over your head with a broomstick? with an inverse grip and stuff like that and you find that after five days of doing you, you will it's like okay cool that's much more interesting now i can touch my toes or now i can do this it's going to be more useful it's going to be show better doing health so i'm really trying <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> i just hope you make it through to the uh yeah yeah no um it is it's the whole um kind of ability over flexibility it's teaching people that it's not a case of just touching your toes it's the journey um from the beginning towards your toes that you need to be good at and do in a certain way rather than just trying to touch your toes or trying to get the broom handle somewhere or and that's what I get from your flow thing. It's funny because again th- something else that winds me out and as as I get older my number of kids increases. Well it doesn't increase but it's always two but all these challenges on social media, I mean I don't think there's there's something you can start, a flow challenge. All the challenges I see I guess static in nature. They're all. Can you do this stretch, or can you do this strength exercise, or and none of them just challenge people to move better. The focus is always just on flexibility or strength, as if these kind of mm-hmm. concepts are separate and we can divide them up. And again, it just forgets the basic thing that life is about movement. You know, um, so if we're going to make our lives better, we need to learn to move better. Um, so yeah, I definitely encourage people to have a look at your flow exercises. Um,
1: okay. um, um, so people try and completely so they're actually and quite flexible. Actually, super flexible. And they see someone going to like a perfect expert pigeon stretch. Uh, okay, cool. They're try to complete that and do things like sacrifice pelvis angle, and so they can get their chest on and shit. like, well, I I've done it. It's like, hey. and it's not about that. Oh, do it properly and feel the stretch. Like, oh, don't do that. I'm like, well, no, obviously, because you're not a gymnast, so don't try and complete the stretch. It's like, and that's the thing. So maybe the movement they could complete the movement without cheating people the <laughs> yeah. example the elbow
0: comes in oh I did it oh on, man i taught you nothing <laughs> yeah 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 it's like that i remember when i went into your place the other day and you've got that sign on your on the wall just next to all the fantastic guitar selection but you've got that classic life is the journey not the destination And it's the same with exercise i think you know so so it's the whole idea it's like with flexibility training it's not the destination you may never need to or you may never be able to get to that destination of touching your toes or um but it's the movement of trying to get there not even trying just moving in that general direction which will aid you um and the yoga teachers we work with that's one definite thing which is common to the people we we recommend here from Shiva 57 it's they're very big on we're not trying to just make you more flexible we're not trying to be have you being able to stretch more it's about the movement it's about flowing it's the whole kind of vinyasa yoga element of moving from one posture to another um yeah, so that's great yeah. another strength your bosa so definitely that flow of the week videos i recommend everyone watches um uh, let about, me take uh, you say so again we're going to talk about core strength. oh yeah go on yeah so core strength how do you what for you is core strength oh this is i could be setting you up here but how do you yeah
1: i mean the first section
0: uh, and, and... So
1: your you're intelligent, um, qualified. So the squat, the load is on my back, yeah? The force is coming from my glutes and my quads. What does it have to go through? The trunk, right? So your squat is only as good as your trunk, basically. That's why people can leg goes 500 kilos. A good, you know, shocking, range of movement. But they can't, quite can't squat, ask the grass for something. And, well, sorry I'm just saying like a trap um Yeah, so you need to be able to brace and engage and fire and keep neutral spine. You need to to protect the back, under load and generate effective force transfer from the fine movements, which are the biggest muscles in the body, which are these bad boys here, to a load here. <clears throat> deadlift is even more important because again, I, I say the hands are just hooks, the arms are just slings and then the core is, again, got to stay stiff and then we're going to pick out the legs. so If you can't brace that core, find that core, you've got no Useful strength in the weight room, just got strong legs and no, nothing to do with them. If a rugby player can't engage his core and he drops his shoulder, he uses all the, all that leg press strength and it's not in someone, he's just going to crumple like a coke can. So that's one area of force strength. And the other one, yeah, is protecting the spine, it's like racing the spine for that. Um, because when we're working under load, it's the spine, if the spine buckles and you just pop out, that's the core. Um, but yeah, effective force transfer. Really, from the legs to whatever we need to do, we need to move. I mean, mainly with
0: the legs. So the way you're stimulating people's core is by encouraging them to actually do squats, do deadlifts, rather than sticking to the leg press um, and just doing things where they're not standing up. oh no we've got another interesting surprise call. Cool. <coughs> this is live. Uh, we're closed at the moment. What is it you wanted to come in for? <coughs> All right. Well, you actually called us live in the middle of a broadcast we put out where we're talking to people on Facebook. Um, <laughs> we actually opened the doors at 11. Um, but you in the area or are you OK to come back in like 25 minutes? Is that OK? All right. Thank you very much. Take sec, bye. You can tell there from my fantastic business model. <laughs> Just go away. I'm talking to Alex Backhouse. Um, no it's true we do get people dropping off the street which is great i mean i'm pulling in to get in the neck now for just not like like disappearing and well they'll be back if they're really in trouble they'll be back anyway yeah so you're saying yeah so core cool training yeah so do you get people to do you lie people down and start feeling for their kind of like transverse abdominis and getting them to kind of clench their buttocks and see if they can isolate core and stuff or are you just uh, getting them to stand uh, up and lift heavy thank you Talk about your headlight
1: so a mm-hmm. um, that american guy he's the first person i've ever known uh, to use the same fuse as me and i'm like right stand up straight point your sting fringe or you'll point your chocolate starfish forwards and that's how we're going to get a posterior pelvic tilt and that's how we're going to engage your glutes in the correct way so <clears throat> i'm all about cues that guys are in from the lake too like Rather than right like give me a posterior pelvic tilt because I just really want to engage this and do that. It's like, no, point your bum hole forward at the guy in front of you. It's like, okay, I can do that. And so what do we do? We do dead bugs and again I give the most basic real life cues like just cross the floor with your lower back and do this and drive this. And then as soon as any of my coaches say anything that's called more than three syllables, I'm like, No, no. It's like it's bum, it's back, it's chest, and it's like just do this with it and like, okay. And you, you see things happen like squeezing shoulder blades and doing this. If someone says scapula, it's like, no! <laughs> we don't have scapulae in this gym. We have shoulder blades and we have this and we point it to your bum rather than retract and depress. It's not, it's not big it's not clever using, do you know what I mean, lacking terms. <coughs> so, yes, like a dead bug. when we do some anti-rotation work, uh, I kind of emphasize that stasis is best. You know I mean, the static core is what we want because I say you're going to get force transfer. We don't do a lot of crunches, we do a few movements to uh, let people feel rectus abdominis because everyone still kind of thinks it's important, no matter how much we tell them it's not. But it doesn't have space, it's boxes, of for trying to do some movement there, but yeah, mainly static, but a variation, anti rotation, anti-flexion, anti-extension. Yeah, extension. yeah.
0: yeah. No, that's great. I mean, it's, it's <clears throat> like I say, you're going to get as much core activation over... Um, doing a squat and a deadlift as you are lying down on the ground and doing some real intrinsic. And like you say, keep it simple. I like, the, I like the way you do avoid using jargon um, because it just highlights the fact that you're not you, – you selling a product isn't based on using clever words or sticking on a white jacket or kind of, you know. And a lot of these, again, pseudoscience stuff or inappropriate stuff is sold by having on either a real white jacket I mean, a lot of health professionals will have a white jacket on and I never trust a guy in a white jacket, especially this in a hospital. But also, oh, they'll come out with these words where, you know, oh, yeah, you've got this anterior pelvic slilt or scapular dysfunction. and they're... No, like you yeah. said, just give them the language so they understand it, especially with your target audience. I very much doubt. No, I'm not going to say that. I say that not many of the guys I saw down your know where their scapular is. But, you know, what's the point in using a language they don't understand? So, um, yeah, great stuff. Really good. Um, I did have lined up here something about i mean something with regards to runners yeah,
1: uh, yeah. That'd
0: be cool. yeah strength work is great but a lot of them because they're not really into gyms they prefer being in the wide open world which i can understand their strength training tends to be limited to just body weight stuff and this is one of the problems we have here because sometimes depending on what muscle you're using body weight might be enough but a lot exactly. of them, will just do three sets of 10 and stop at 10 whether they're broken out of sweat or not um, and it's encouraged by a lot of unfortunately programs and dvds and, and websites which are cashing in on the fact that if you can sell someone exercises you can do at home you don't need a squat rack it's going to sell much easier than telling someone they've got to actually go to a gym and, and lift some metal so yeah. your, yeah. i mean i saw people doing a mixture of stuff when i visited the other day when is it appropriate for people just to be doing bodyweight exercises, and when is it a need to get some heavy lifting in? In your in your view, I mean, I think you need to master your body weight. It's like it's a thing, right? Zombie
1: apocalypse, turning. Really. You can't pull yourself up over the wall <coughs> when the zombies break out and chase you. Then you're going to be in trouble. Um, you should master your body weight, but you've got to understand that you're not going to elicit the same physiological responses by just lifting what is technically relatively a lightweight. Um, if you're 110 kilos, press-ups are going to be more challenging than you can 10 kilos. But if you're 70 kilos and you can't do 20 press-ups, then maybe you need to sort I mean, this out. So, yeah, understand it works, but it's, it's not the same. And all those people that's the other thing, that the YouTube problem. is like, oh, I just do calisthenics. Bro, Like, oh, man, you look amazing. You look like Lincoln Christie. There's no chemical assistance. You're right. And chances are, he probably spent 10 years in the gym. Got super strong, they started throwing yourself around the bars, and it's so there's that right. pro science. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> is cool, you can still do bodyweight stuff very be wrong and hurt yourself. Something I like, like shoulder position and press up short, hands up here, and just like, oh my god, what are you doing? Um, actually, one thing we do say a lot, whenever you do anything, you get better at doing that thing. So if you do something wrong, you get better at doing it wrong, and that's why I'm stuck. Myself, a technique Nazi, maybe that's not a good thing to say. on I'm like, no, don't do that, do not do that. Why? Because you're getting better at doing that wrong. So it's that. Um, strength I mean, this is true and it's not true, but if you can do it more than five times, it's not a strength exercise, you know what I mean? So,
0: as more than five repetitions,
1: <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. 100, kilo, 100 kilos, 20 times, and it's not technically a strength workout for you. If it's one of your lifts in a 12 week three times a week strength program then yes it is strength training so i mean before the pedants get involved but it isn't a true strength generating thing unless it's part of the periodized program so yeah if you you do 30 press out for yeah like you say you do 10 squats when you could have done 100 then we're not getting any strength gains from it
0: okay yeah so what you're saying is you got unless you fatigue at the end of the exercise then you're not going to get any adaption
1: yeah Pretty much, yeah. And that's, like I say, it comes in is plans. Like, we don't max out every set. So we do a set at 65%, a set at, a set at 75%, and then a set of failure at 85%, that kind of thing. Or if we're progressing, if you've got a coach who's periodized your whole program, trust the coach if he knows what he's doing. Um, and then that's it. But yeah, if you're just going, watch, should I say, watching a DVD of like, oh, I'm going to do straight training and do 10 sets of, three sets of 10 squats and nah, not get sore, not get anything from it, well, that's what you do every time you go to the gym, you do the same workout. You're not progressing, right? So, um, I was going to go off on you What was it about? Oh, yeah, you said in an email about bonus I they're going to get too bulky. So, good luck with that, getting too bulky whilst running uh, But <clears throat> the main thing is, is the quality of the muscle, is the function of the muscle that we're trying to train, yeah? So, strength, again, by <clears> training <throat> the correct repetitions and the correct loads, stimulating loads, Strength is a quality of the muscle, that's gonna make you a more efficient runner. You're not trained to be a bodybuilder by lifting weights. You're not gonna get bigger because there's a thing called an interference effect. You can't get bigger when you run loads of miles, but you can get stronger or you can slightly change the quality of the muscle, and improve certain qualities of the muscle, which will make you more efficient. Facts. Just do it.
0: Yeah. So runners, runners don't need to worry about oh you got me addicted, you got me <coughs> what? <laughs> the world. Um so you, don't th- so you don't think runners need to worry about kind of doing strength training and suddenly turning into Arnold Schwarzenegger's or doing Aix or something, that? No?
1: no, and I mean, we know that the, the plural of anecdote isn't evidence, but when, when I was training and competing a lot, I'd yeah, to at least get 20 miles in a week, uh, loads of little stairs, hills, with lots of and stairs in Brighton, and then like, oh, I just can't put on any strength and size. I'm finding that. And then osteochondritis, uh, osteochondral defect, popped it in my knee off, pretty much stopped running for two years. So i like, oh, yeah, I'm getting a bit of muscle now. Funny that. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's not a thing, but loads of other factors of play, calories, age, stuff like that. But, yeah, guys, runners, yeah. you will not get big just by doing heavy squats. And again, <clears throat> back to the numbers, less than five is strength. I'm using some really hypertrophy. So you have to go six, eight and above Eight to twelve is when you're actually going to grow, and that's not what you're really interested in. So go heavy, go fives, go slow, make it hurt. Yeah. Get stronger. Actually get stronger. And it's when you like we were chatting the other day, it's like if you actually make them question stuff. Like if you can do hundred but you only do ten, did it have any effect on the body? And am like, no. Uh, yeah, we're yeah. using metaphors and training to educate.
0: Very nice. So we like hear the word metaphor here. That's a good word to use. another metaphor yeah that's good yeah like you say yeah it's um and and it is often a case of just saying to the to the client or patient why why are you stopping at 10 and they go well because i was told to do three sets of 10 and it's like okay but why do you think they said do three sets of 10 and not three sets of 15 or three sets of 20 or there is a bit of this magic number in the industry of do three sets and make sure it's in reality it's training for what you you need and what you need is to cause an adaption it's all about stress adaption so to get that adaption you've got to push your body past a certain limit um, and then your body will adapt so if you don't you just do your 10 and you could have done 20 or well, what are you going to it might be good for maintenance it might be good for just mobility or practicing a particular skill movement And a bit should, of life, yeah. it's really good, it? So,
1: okay if you just want to go out and run 10 miles a week and that's um, in, or one <coughs> ten miles three times a week that's great if it clears your head Means you don't shout at your kids as much, tell you me, know, you know, you have a Michael Douglas incident, then that's cool. But if you want to train like an athlete, progress, win your event, all that kind of thing, then yeah, it's important to train properly. There's so much information out there now, it's, it seems silly not to do so, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. That's no, good. The state of mind thing a whole other subject as well, because you might have people who, by doing their set of 10, they're not reaching for tea, but they feel like they're um exercise themselves, so psychologically they're gonna be more prepared. So there is an argument that yeah you can get strength increases by just going through the motions, but yeah you're limiting how much you're gonna get. Okay, that's all cool. cool. That's all good. Where are we? 1016. Um roll of recovery we've done flow of the we've done. Right, well we've reached that point where I'd like to ask you a few questions which um like you did to me last time but it's not good fine. That's
1: good
0: uh no it's not going to be uh, what's your favorite song or what would you train to or no um it's going to be um i want you to give me three things again thinking of the young personal training crowd thinking of professionals who hopefully you'll get to watch this video um three things which you were told or learned in the early days from your, your learnings and certifications in personal training which you now know through experience or through looking at the research. Are either completely wrong or just much weaker than um they were given to you at the time or you were led to believe at the time oh. mm. let's squirt sit there like he did with me when he asked me about the song
1: yeah well Here we go not be a smart but like we said everything is kind of true right? everything's a little bit useful <clears throat> so maybe. Later- turn the question around I don't know what your next question is but there's things that are more important than maybe they're they're given credit to so the idea that you can't just go in and do a healthy workout and get results by not really working hard and not putting effort in I don't know if that was ever taught but no one ever said you have to kind of like do you know what I mean dig deep a bit and you will get so much better results if you work hard in a controlled progressive way like sweating pain like the burning sensation, all that stuff. It's like effort, actual effort. That is that is essential, like intensity. For one of the better word. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Approach that, and are like, you just gonna have to get go balls out. Sometimes, not all the time, but you do have to do it. But again, maybe it they're saying to do it a lot, but that's a whole other argument. What else isn't true? A lot of the nutrition stuff. Again, because it it depends. So. Like carbs. Like carbs are evil. You read all the books because people could write a whole book of unfounded truth about carbs and sugar. But then actually some of that stuff is totally applicable to overweight um, type 2 diabetics, like morbidly obese, type 2 diabetics, that stuff is all true. But they sell it to muscle trainers. They say, oh, God, get your clients from this, mate. The client's got to lose his term. Like, no carbs, no sugar. Just turkey breast for breakfast and kale every day. Like, yeah, it's not going really to work. Um, so yeah, adherence is a massive thing. Other, other bollocks stuff that I've heard <laughs> bollocks
0: stuff yeah what's your third other bollocks stuff
1: I mean the late great Charles Coloplin very clever man and you can literally you can see his brain going I think to the five day course I like, in the man's presence to himself and he sort of he looks up to the right or the left whichever the accessing one is and sort of like flickers a bit and you can see he's literally going through a post of memory of um, studies but yeah it's very cherry picky uh what did he say? He said, oh yeah, if, you have, if you've done the have steak first thing in the morning it fires all the wrong neurotransmitters for the rest of the day and you'd be craving nothing but sugar. Like, wow. That sounds like a slight exaggeration, Charles. Uh, yeah.
0: When you say neurotransmitters, it makes sense. Hold on, you're questioning Pollington, are you?
1: Collington. Yeah. Uh, no, he's dead, so we can't say anything bad about him, but he did like to say things, go wow young personal trainers like yeah and create disciples kind of like i was saying earlier it's like i'm a guru you're my disciples
0: yeah yeah do you think he was in danger of becoming a guru whether it was his own choice or just other people kind of put him on pedestals
1: um i think it weird because like in the age of google there's a whole lot of people just like it's not true social media was, this is not true but he still managed to generate quite a following and people will go Going to tell people that knew 50% of those bollocks, but would also go to learn from them. Like coaches that I massively respect, still hanging out with this guy and paying money to go on his courses because there are gems, or maybe it's a networking event. But yeah, no one's completely rubbish. If you go to Bruce Lee, Bruce, Bruce Lee, you think like Ghostbusters, listen to what he says and then criticize because you think about it. So yeah, he's all right. Like
0: you say it's easy for everyone. Not, some people. Are out there because they want to be gurus and their marketing makes them guru very quickly and um, but i think anyone these days who's got something good to say there's a danger of them just without their involvement of becoming a guru because people jump onto it it spreads like wildfire suddenly someone's already spreading all their stuff you get other courses arising based on theirs but kind of diluted and it's it's one of these problems um of social media really for the good and the bad um but yeah like you say anybody is probably going to say something which is not quite right or doesn't is not applicable um, and it's up to yeah the general population not to put people too high on pedestals um because if you put someone up there they, they're going to fall off and i've yeah. had the yeah. fortune of meeting a lot of the people i mean you said you went on a training course with them and i've a lot of the people who i did put on pedestals when i was younger i've you know with time managed to meet and and been in a bar with them and they're explaining stuff to me over a pint and a bit of, You know a napkin and a pen and i've realized geez this guy's just normal bloke you know he comes out with some great stuff but and it's a healthy thing because it makes you question these gurus and makes you a better therapist or trainer okay mate well look um for the final few minutes is there anything which you're commonly doing down at the um back house basement which you want to kind of let people know about or Uh...
1: Well, if you doesn't know what we do, we do like small group personal training, so we've, got, we've always got a coach, up to four people in the group with you, there's a time to have you booking, or something. saying, right, I want to do Monday at 5.30, Wednesday at 5.30, Friday at 5.30, so, <coughs> I want to come and train. that's how it works, you can come and try it out for 30 days for £99, um, yeah, see if you like it, basically, we're really good at what we do, the workouts are really well written, we emphasize technique and movement, kind of just doing everything right, there's no nonsense, and if you want to go and do something instead, that's absolutely fine. But if you want to come lift weights, listen to rock music, and do it really well, then yeah, check
0: it out. Alexbackout.com. Uh, yeah, we'll put that link in the comments afterwards. I mean, I would, like I say, I was down the other day, and it was a great vibe there. It was like work is done here, but it's not Neanderthal kind of just uh, banging your head against the wall business. And um, there was obviously a with all the, the trainers down there and yourself, and just the general atmosphere it was a learning environment as well. It was educational. Um, which is so important um so and that's down third avenue isn't it for people who are lo- local to us
1: place,
0: um, yeah. brilliant all right then well we'll make sure the details are in the comments when we finish uh mate it's been a pleasure talking to you it's been it's been a yeah phillips backhouse weekend really isn't it with me on your show and you on my show and i'm gonna yeah. miss you uh, but yeah it's been great thanks for coming along uh, uh, you. uh, uh, yes yeah, showing us yeah, thanks for showing me your bed on a webcam, it's been a while, and uh, yeah, take care. And yeah, if people are interested, they need to, watch your website?
1: AlexBackhouse.com.
0: Oh, couldn't be easier than that, could it? AlexBackhouse. And you're all over Twitter and social media and YouTube.
1: AlexBackhouse.com
0: uh, videos as well. Okay, dude, thank you very much.
1: Yeah, thanks, Matt, I'll
0: see you soon. Okay, I look forward to it, mate, thank you. Very, great, bye. Right, so that brings us to the end of episode 10 um with uh the charming alex backhouse um i love i love the way you don't expect you don't expect um such the stuff to come out of his mouth it's a brilliant kind of juxtaposition of because he looks like a guy who's going to just blast you and 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 believe me he, if you're in a bad mood you want to meet him in dark alley i think most people agree with that but he'd probably just lecture in something really interesting and comes out with the adaption curve and the research and the critical thinking and the The guy's done the Masters in Strength and Conditioning. And you know what? When it comes to Strength and Conditioning, that's the guy I want to go to. I want to go to the guy who's proven his past. He's strong. He's mean. and He knows his stuff. But he's also here, uh, gone through the education as well. He's evolved as a trainer. So, yeah, check out his stuff. Um, What are we doing next week on One Chat Live? I can't remember. Oh, I think I do know. You'll have to check out the social links on Twitter and social media all over Facebook to see who our guest is. I'm very excited. I won't introduce him now because I don't want to dilute anything that we've just done with Alex Backhouse. But yeah, be sure to join us um, if you can live next Sunday at 9 30 AM. We'll be here. Um, if you've got any questions or comments, then do please um leave them uh, wherever you want, either on Facebook, or on YouTube, or on my website, Sport and, and if you're interested in coming down to the clinic, if you're a local tourist and you've got any form of um, injury, pain, running questions, paying for marathon half marathon. Then we are in uh, um, the Agora Clinic, Studio 57, Stride UK, which is in Ho, just by HOVE station. And um, all the details are on my website, With That done, I will say goodbye and thank you for joining us. Ciao. You're listening to Run Chat Live podcast, putting the evidence back into running injury and performance.